0: What's up, people? Hotep Jesus. We back for another uncomfortable conversation. Have an awesome guest for you today. Awesome guests as always. I mean, all the guests that have come on here just been super fun, super great, super knowledgeable. Today is no different. But before we get into our guest, gotta pay the bills. I am Brian Hotep Jesus Sharp, three-time tech co-founder, two-time author. In the description, box below you can find all the links to my work probably on the replay after i update the description uh wazo ai coin bits app where you can automatically buy and invest in bitcoin as well as jiffy the super popular app among all the influencers you get to rip gifs and videos from twitter if you've seen any of the block GIFs of Hotep Jesus. People are saving to their phone with the Gifitize app. Wazo AI is a very special company to me. It's my first AI investment, uh, AI company to be involved with, and we're dealing in security. One day, I'd love to build an autonomous turret to make sure people don't invade on our autonomous zones. (laughs) Also, I'm the author of Dominate Twitter. You can get that at bryansharp.co slash Twitter and also The Unbreakable Rules of Masculinity, BrianSharp.cl slash masculinity. The masculinity book is a must-have for all young and old men, single or in a relationship. It's just gonna help you have better relationships with women, it's as simple as that. It's not a pickup artist book, but with my book, you will definitely pick up more women, although I advise against picking up women. But without further ado, I have my illustrious guest today, Peter Hazi Petros. Peter, what's up, man? How you feeling, bro? Good, good. It's quite the introduction, man. Thank you. Oh yeah, no doubt. What's up with the Punisher uh, thing going on behind you? Oh, uh, it's just uh, you know a little uh, where we go,
1: one we go all mentality there. It's a uh, Michigan company, Precision Metal Art. They uh, make some really incredible stuff. Ordered uh-huh. it during my uh, shopping spree mid quarantine. And you're
0: you're a, you're a Punisher fan yeah we can call it that they uh took the Punisher off of Netflix I was a little upset about that did you watch that series oh my god so good it was so so good it man. totally
1: you know uh justified the horrible movie that was made by what was it not uh, was it Eric Dana or um oh, I forgot his name uh Whatever it was. All I know is that the the, the first initial boots of all of these Marvel movies were not great.
0: Yeah. There's some Marvel movie um uh, or, 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 I think or, it was Tom
1: Jane was, was the actor.
0: Yeah, some some Marvel uh martial arts movies. It's this white dude and he just doesn't seem believable. But this this Punisher guy was Man, you know, I don't even—I can't get into a lot of series. hmm They're know. investments of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. so I can't get into a lot of them. I watch one episode and like, ah, I had enough of this. Yeah. But man, that Punisher was real good. I'm kind of sad that um, it was tanked off. But
1: they anyway, it, they canceled it, or is this—no, is this
0: just- no, it moved. I think uh, the rights, you know, were purchased by Disney or something like that. So it's moving uh, to like Hulu or something like that. But violent for our current generation yeah <laughs> I don't know but I know it's just not on Netflix anymore but um I haven't seen any new episodes on Hulu Disney or anything like that but yeah so let's talk about you right so I spoke to you the other day and I'm listening to you and I'm like what are you Italian you got this deep <laughs> Italian New York accent you're like no I'm Greek and I'm like oh okay you know so you just must be hanging around in Italians what part of New York are you went you're in Brooklyn
1: I'm in uh, Jamaica Queens uh, Jamaica little- Queens a yeah, neighborhood called uh, Howard Beach
0: nice and you're an attorney. Yes, attorney entrepreneur. How'd you get into that? Uh, Are it, it like is it was your dad an attorney and then like no, is it in my, the family or?
1: My father was a you know a sole proprietor entrepreneur so to speak in uh, real estate. Did everything on his own, and uh, you know I like to tell people that the reason I became an attorney is because of a sense of justice and uh, demand for you know justice of the law, but. I got to tell you, it was really the closing scene in Matthew McConaughey's A Time to Kill that just, I was like, shit, I want to do that. Uh, um, No, that was always the the goal as a kid was to be an attorney. Um, So it was high school, then it was college at Fairfield University, then went out to a law school in Michigan. And that was always the goal. Did a lot of criminal defense and then started my own firm. Nice, nice, nice. How old are you? I'll I'll be 33 in July
0: oh young boy
1: yeah God bless you I guess so
0: young blood young blood out here got his own firm damn you're doing it big
1: I'm trying to yeah New York City it's not easy
0: (laughs) I'll say but they say if you can make it in New York City you can make it anywhere if they let you (laughs) what do you mean if they let you oh
1: geez what's what's the income tax now in New York Uh oh what's the cost of living like in New York How many licenses, you know, permits, regulations? Come on, man. It's it's how's this city bankrupt? I don't know. It's it cost me nine dollars to park for an hour in the city two weeks ago. And I mean, I punished myself for driving in because I knew I was going to have to do that. So I didn't even take out my card. I was just the idiot standing there for 20 minutes, quarter, quarter, quarter. My half hour was up by the time I finished paying for it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know yeah how yeah. you so um who you, you you're you're, poly, you're you're running for office this is your first time running
1: yeah first time politician yeah and what seat are you running for uh the new york state assembly for the 23rd district of queens what does that mean so essentially new york has a bicameral um legislative process kind of like congress you have the house that proposes and introduces the law and the Senate that votes on it, as we saw uh, or try to watch on the news over the last few years. New York operates the same. So the New York State Assembly proposes and introduces the law. And then uh, once they're put to the floor and voted on, they go up to the Senate.
0: OK, gotcha, Makes sense. So you're looking for one of those seats, right? Who whose yeah. seat are you looking to take? Um, that of the incumbent. Uh, Current Democrat, uh,
1: Stacey Feffer-Amato, she lives out in um, Rockaway Beach, which is one of the towns uh, of the six that the district uh, encompasses. And that's the whole purpose of the state assembly is because New York is so vast that each county, especially Queens, when it's so big and there's so many neighborhoods, um, every group of neighborhoods that are in a particular area have a single representative and they're supposed to be representing them.
0: Mm, mm, mm. I, I hit a little slight jab. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's coming, but we'll get there.
0: <laughs> You're running as a Republican, Libertarian, Democrat? What are you running as?
1: Well, I'm a Libertarian, but I'm running on the Republican conservative ticket because that's, the, you know, I got their endorsement. And, you know, when you look at the current political spectrum, um, unfortunately, the Libertarian Party doesn't get as much respect as it really should because they're, I think it's kind of the more down the middle Practical live and let live. And uh, unfortunately, we can't have that um, rationale. So, uh, my father was Republican. My mother's Republican. And if you just look at the Democratic Party now, it's, I mean, they've just gone so far left, they don't know what's right anymore. So,
0: <laughs> you know. Uh, why, do you, why, why do you think you could win, though? I mean, how long has this person been in the seat? A few years now, right?
1: So, she's been in two consecutive terms, but her mother, uh, held the seat for quite a long time. So mm. she's the current um, assemblywoman. woman is, I guess, what you would call a, a legacy. You know, she's got the name. Personally, nothing against her. I'm sure she's a very nice woman, um, but that's a seat that she inherited, I feel like. Um, that's Being a public servant is something you really got to earn, and it's not from name recognition. It's, it's from getting out there. It's from you know, being energetic and leaving your, your comfortable home territory.
0: Hmm. But why do you think you could win though? They, you know, they have all these years, they got the name recognition, this is, you know. Money, they-, they got plenty
1: of money, they got plenty of, uh, they got a lot of good stuff going for them. Why do I think I could win? Well, because, let's see, 45 was a businessman, they didn't have a chance, right? That's number one. But number two, um, to be straightforward, uh, I genuinely feel I'm I'm younger, faster, smarter, quicker on my feet, and I come from a, a pretty comprehensive tech background. So I understand the possibilities of reaching everyone in my district without having to stretch myself too thin by going door to door. There are other means of communicating and being transparent about governing, about legislation about hearing complaints, instead of holding civic hall meetings, which are pretty much going to be done now anyway with COVID, how are people going to feel like their voices are heard? You have to provide alternative avenues, and Zoom is not going to cut it. There's algorithms, API overlays, there's just, you know, there are things that can be done um, where the taxpayer, the voter, need not be tech savvy in order to receive the information.
0: Mm, mm, mm. So what's, your, what, what's the platform you're running on? What, 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 are you, um, what are you standing up for? I mean,
1: look, there's, there's a bunch of little cute little slogans I thought of uh, for a while now, you know, vote common sense, not nonsense, but that's just so cheesy. But I guess to wrap it up in one word, it's really just transparency. Uh, I'm a little bit sick and tired of being educated about a new law after it's been passed right about the time I get a fine or I hear about it or my community is impacted by it. Um, it's, it's it's not, I don't want to say it's corrupt. It's just government is there to serve and protect the people. Always has been, hopefully always will be, but people get drunk with power as we've seen on both left and the right, but that's why we need checks and balances. But at the end of the day, you can't, forget about the fact that you're a public servant. And believe it or not, the job description of a public servant, Hotep, is to serve the public. And when you stop doing that, you start voting only on self-interest, you start voting your party line, and you lose touch with your, with your, with the people that you're responsible for. So my platform is all about transparency. I'll never vote on a bill until everyone has had an opportunity to understand it, read it, or in the very least hear about it. For example, um, you know, because I come from the blockchain space, so I would be every day for the last five years, I would be reading every morning for about three hours, every state, whether or not they introduce a new blockchain bill to see whether or not a token was going to be a security under blue sky laws in each state, all of that stuff. And then last January, I came across the, um, the New York Bail Elimination Act. And I said, ah, I was a criminal defense attorney. I was very successful getting my clients out without bail. Let's see what this is about. And it must've been 40 pages long and I read it. And then by the end of it, I said, no, no way. So I read it again and then again. And when I tell you that that bill is so flawed and so broken that it terrified me but i I said to myself look every bill that's been introduced always takes a lot of time to pass not this one somehow this bill made it to the floor in march three months it took and it was introduced by a democratic senator mike michael gianaris who um they pushed it through and the i mean it's My problem with the bill, not that it releases people without cash bail uh, because I've represented people that have been first offenders or they weren't violent crimes. The purpose of the bail system is to make sure the defendant returns to court. It's not meant to be punitive or to punish them. It's, are you a risk? If we think you're a risk, we're gonna make you stake something of value that you'll have to come back for it and want it, right? But by removing cash bail altogether, you also at the same time, they hamstrung the judges from being able to use their wisdom and discretion and their experience from saying, "No, this person, even though no they were they committed a, bulk, a bunch of violent assaults. they failed to register as a sex offender. they engaged in you know uh, child pornographic trafficking, all of which by the way, enabled, uh, makes you eligible for no cash bail under the current law. It prevents the judges from doing that and when you do that you lose all uh checks and powers checks and balances between judge jury and executioner so that bill's got to get redone but what scared me type, was i kept going down in a law that was about bail and they snuck in there much like all politicians do a right where the prosecutor had to give the defendant all the information and contact info of the investigating officers and any eyewitnesses that were gonna be testifying 15 days after the defendant was arraigned. And for those who don't know, arraignment is basically when you go before a judge and he reads off the charges. And when I read that, I said, that's gonna be a lot of dead cops and a lot of dead witnesses. And then this January, it went into effect. And then I think about 20 days after, in an MS-13 gang case, There was, the rule kicked in, the prosecutor gave the defendant's attorney the information of the testifying witness. Holy shit, I can't believe it. But the next day, that eyewitness testifying individual was beaten to death in his own home out on Long Island. And then COVID happened. So I guess that's why the bill has been a success so far.
0: Wait, what's the name of this bill?
1: It's called the Bail Elimination Act.
0: And this is in new york
1: one and only wow really yep now i believe that the public policy behind the bill was to uh make sure that those who are not financially capable of paying bail aren't punished for their economic situation and having to stay there yeah. in that sense i understand the plight and the the need to do that but When you're writing a law, you have to do a balancing test for public policy. If we do this, will the community and surrounding societies be negatively affected, or vice versa? That balance test has been just completely disregarded. It really has, you know. Um, It's, and look, there have been multiple bills that were introduced to fix it, you know, not even to repeal it. A Republican uh, assemblyman introduced a bill um, that allows judges for more options to impose bail, you know, or to have the individual put into custody if they do commit second degree murder, robbery, or just crimes that result in physical injury or death. Because right now they're being let out. Um, it's hmm. very bizarre. And if you just look at, at the current pattern of practice, they want to close Rikers Island they're demonizing all law enforcement. Uh, I, it's It used to be, I mean, tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, it used to be that you used to hear about a new law or a bill or an agenda and you used to say, oh, you know what, big pharma is getting richer or these people are getting their pockets lined, this, that, and the other. Explain to me who's making money, because that's all everything ever is. Everything's always about money. Who is making money off of a bill that just re-releases incarcerated violent felons back into the streets just to be rearrested? Mm. When we abandon common sense and logic, that's what scares me. I'd rather corrupt than weird. And that's what we have now is a state of complacency and weirdness. Tearing down statues of Abraham Lincoln because it's racist. I mean, do you want to tell them? What the guy did, I mean, it's 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 very strange to me that a statue of a man who freed slaves is oppressive and offensive and it's being torn down. I think that is just a byproduct of a movement that's being engaged in by people who don't understand.
0: Well, I don't know if we can use the excuse that he freed slaves because he didn't exactly want to free slaves right also,
1: that particular statue, too when i saw it i was like how did they even put that one up
0: yeah i mean i don't agree with you know tearing the statues down but when we say you know abe lincoln's some nice guy because he freed slaves i'm like well he's kind of kind of forced his hand to free the slaves right He didn't not want to do it
1: i'm not i'm not a historian but then again, neither yeah. are the the 17-year-old kids running around that are tearing the statue down themselves.
0: <laughs>
1: so but that's the thing though, if you engage in a conversation, yeah. You want to tear the statue down because we feel this way. Well, let me explain the history and maybe you'll think differently. Yeah. It sounds like a ridiculous premise, you know, to have like an intelligent conversation. Yeah. But um I also think that's maybe why people, for example, on the right, don't understand what's happening is because they're not communicating enough, mm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, I think this whole movement has gotten away from everybody.
0: And it's just, I mean. How, how familiar are you with the Breonna Taylor case? The one. Um, is that the young woman
1: who had the no-knock warrant executed? Yeah. Uh, it really, believe it or not, it didn't get as much coverage as I thought it was going to when it happened. I think back in March. Yeah. I think they it was a no knock warrant for a drug bust, and what happened? They went into the wrong house.
0: Uh I don't know the details of it, you know. Um,
1: but no drugs were recovered, and I think they, I think they put six in her or something like that, right?
0: Yeah, you know, they, they uh, the warrant had the right address apparently, okay. but whoever issued the warrant put it for the wrong person. Right. Or something like that. I don't, I don't know the particulars. I haven't looked at it. I just know that she was, uh, but see, that, that's a problem though. Right. Because the fact that nobody
1: knows the details of that case, you can't hold law enforcement accountable unless you, you really look into whether or not law enforcement dropped the ball on that one. Mm hmm. In the case of George Floyd, I can't believe it took them that long to arrest the other three officers. I don't even call them partners. I call them accomplices. And I think the entire country. okay, you know, QAnon conspiracists aside who think maybe he's alive or anything like that. But as we look at the footage and just whatever's there, I don't think there was one person that said, well, you know, if you're in the cop's shoes like, no, they took the guy's pulse. The guy was dead. They killed a man on live television and it was awful and i think the proper steps were taken um but it doesn't justify that being the norm moving forward um when you're investigating police misconduct like for example what happened in atlanta
0: yeah sure? right so
1: um that was just another weird situation i mean i've never seen a more cordial conversation between an officer and somebody, you know, that, 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 that's being questioned. And then it just went off the rails from zero to 100. Yeah. And these two cops got, I mean, they got bodied, really bad. And then, you know, he's fleeing and he turns around and he, we all know the story. Yeah. Um, but I'm a little bit nervous now for what's going to happen because, I mean, as an attorney and everything else, I look at that case and I think, I don't think it passes grand jury. I think that the district attorney said two weeks before that a stun gun is a deadly weapon. I see hot pursuit. I see him shooting back. He doesn't know the officer doesn't know if this if this guy has his partner's gun after they were fighting. You know, but I also understand that he's running away. So how can he be a threat? There's a lot of different sides to the argument. But the argument should not be, um, you know, white officer kills black man. You the, the it should be police officer unjustly shoots, you know, Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying it's 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 a, when we attach these 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 you know descriptive adjectives based off of color pigmentation or DNA, that's yeah. what becomes divisive. The story headline should just be human kills other human, but that's not enough to sell um, you know media in a world where they the media is not relevant or trusted.
0: Mm. Very mm. unfortunate.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, let's let's call a spade a spade. I listen. I grew up, you know, uh, I went to junior high school in Brooklyn, and then you know, high school in in uh, outside of Queens. I have a lot of black friends, Hispanic friends, Chinese friends. You know, a good friend of mine is 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 a um, is getting married to one of my former teachers. Nicest guy I've ever met in my life. He's from Louisiana. He's French Creole. Big bright blue eyes gay black guy, fashion designer, love him to death, okay? So when I hear Black Lives Matter, I couldn't agree more. I hate the fact that we even have to say it, that we've gotten to a place where it didn't matter, right? But then justify for me why we're not talking more about Chicago crimes, what went down over the weekend. You know what I mean? Can we have a conversation about how all, thats I posted something on Instagram the other day and I wrote, all Black Lives Matter. Not just the ones that are convenient for a narrative, and it's despicable that that happens to be the case in a lot of parts of the country, okay?
0: yeah, so let's 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 break that down let's 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 discourse on that. So yeah. that's always like the rebuttal, right? Like what about black on black crime, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where should I start? Well, let's start here. If you beat up your brother. You beat up your brother is what it is. If somebody else beats up your brother, it's like, hey, we got to get the fam. We got to go get them. Right. You're always more upset when there's an outsider killing your family than opposed to when it's an in-family type. Mm -hmm. beat. Same thing with the Italian mob. Right. It's like, hey, we, we can eliminate one of our own. But if somebody from the outside does it, oh, we're going to war. Does that not play a role in how people are more upset about a white killing a black than a black killing a black? I think that
1: that definitely from that perspective definitely makes sense. It definitely does, um, but, that's, but see, this is the problem is that these conversations are not being had.
0: Mm. I've
1: never heard that analogy before, I'll be honest with you. Mm. And I think that's a perfect way of phrasing it,
0: mm. to,
1: to not to justify it, but to shed light on the conversation, how different perspectives can be taken because mm-hmm. it's hard to understand a movement by, you know, a community that you you don't belong to. So I'm not going to sit here and pontificate that just because, you know, I myself don't hold any, any you know, racial partisan beliefs against any people that, you know, this certain thing is blown. Out. Absolutely not. I would never do that. Same thing with, you know, when it comes to a woman's right to choose, I'm not a woman. So I'll never be able to be in that position to advocate, you know, in a way that a woman can. But my problem is the lack of communication. My problem is the, you know, the, the getting down on your knees and basically apologizing for something that you personally did not do. I mean, that's a bigger message, right? I would rather die on my feet than serve on my knees for something that I would never have committed that was wrong. And so I don't know where this whole thing is going, but I don't see it going in a direction that is gonna make real you know, in waves Because if that was the case, it should have started with Eric Garner and should never have happened again.
0: Yeah, you know, the other problem that the black community is talking about is the fact that Chicago isn't the way it is because of black people. You know, when we look at, uh, during the Obama administration, uh, it was revealed, I think it was uh, Operation Fast and Furious. uh, No, Fast and Furious was the gun running. Right. Um, Uh, but uh, El Chapo, it was revealed that the United States government, one of the agencies, told El Chapo, "Hey, we'll allow you to bring some drugs into the United States. Just put it in Chicago. This is the only place we'll allow you to have some jurisdiction, right?" Chicago, <laughs> this is this was revealed on Business Insider. Uh, I want to say during the Obama I administration. It. I believe it. Out of yeah. Either Baltimore or Chicago, one of them. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we can go back to, you know, uh, the destruction of the black community following uh, the New Deal, the Rockefeller laws, the Reagan. We can talk about uh, COINTEL pro-destroying the Black Panther Party, COINTEL pro-destroying the Bloods and the Crips and causing a fake beef. So, you know, it's not like the black community was like this on its own. It wasn't like we were inherently violent people. Right. You know, it, it seems that uh, there was a lot of help from the government. So when you have a a, a community that's disheveled,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know um, this is kind of like what you'll see, and then people say, "Oh, you know, black people aren't talking about this." Da da da, and that's just not true. There are coalitions and teams in many inner cities who yeah. march and protest and plead and work in Chicago, in Baltimore, in mm-hmm. many areas. The problem is, I don't think white people have. Uh, a window into the black community, especially not online, you know? We're all kind of like-
1: Even on the television, or even in the newspaper. It's a very local issue. And it's kept at a local issue because I think I'm pretty certain that if it was put on a broad national platform, the level of outrage of how the city has been, you know, inherently kept down Okay, would be an outrage, right? So New York City is 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 the is the land of opportunity, if you will. It's a melting pot. You know, you can. It's the city of dreams, where city you never sleep in. Now with all the goddamn fireworks, it's definitely not a city you can sleep in. Okay, but you don't hear much about other cities that are metropolises like your own. Uh, For example, Chicago, or even you know Los Angeles. I don't know half of what really goes on in Los Angeles or San Francisco
0: the problem with the, the problem with the chicago talking point is chicago's not even top 20 most violent cities right and everybody goes new jersey chicago yeah you can start with trenton right here in new jersey and, and um, St. There's Louis. Oh, yeah. um little rock arkansas right <laughs> uh really little rock <laughs> yeah oh and that's what i'm saying like everybody you know it, it seems like this is a right wing talking about like what about chicago i'm like fuck chicago what about Trenton, New Jersey? What about yeah. St. Louis? What about Baltimore? But all, and,
1: and and listen, my whole thing is, I think it's so much, so much more important to talk about the problems and not the politics, right? Because people shut down when they see which side of the aisle you're coming from with, with an argument or a conversation. The problems are universal, okay? So, you know, I hate to talk about the politics, but if you look at the cities that have all of these issues, so to speak, I mean who runs these cities democrats you know and i and i don't understand and it's because the democratic party is no longer the party that it was when i don't say our ancestors but for example when people were coming into the country in the 30s the 40s the 50s from europe where it was the party about immigrants it was the party for people who couldn't get jobs that couldn't work It's not about that. There is no Democratic Party anymore. There's the, you know, progressive left wing do as we say, not as we do. And it's virtue signaling all over the place. And it's 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 a little bit nerve wracking when you just feel like you're the craziest person in the room and you're trying to have a conversation. And then, you know, I'm sure you've been part of a conversation where you're talking about, I don't know, Bitcoin. And then all of a sudden someone says, oh, you're a racist. And you're like, how did how did this how did we get here?
0: Yeah, yeah. The the it's, you know, and and that's and that's kind of like what my channel is about, right? It's like opening up this channel for conversation, um, and and making a space for conversation, especially when we talk about race relations, right? And I just think that it's so hard nowadays to make these things happen. Like I try to get liberals on here. I can't get a liberal on my channel. Like it's just not possible. Yeah, a friend of mine <laughs> I said them
1: the link. I said, I'm gonna be on this podcast tomorrow. She says to me, oh, is he one of those black conservative Republicans? And I was like, what the fuck are the quotations for? I'm like, are you, are you, what? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what well, you should be is a conservative liberal, all right? Just to really make people confused. Um, yeah,
0: um, but I think she has a, a, first of all, she's wrong. I'm not a black conservative, I'm a hotep. And let's just be clear about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can be misconstrued with uh, that, but I'm more of an anarchist libertarian uh, and cap type of guy. Um, but I despise black conservatives. I think they are a bane to t- 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 society. They are a detriment to society. They they actually are uh, the root of some of this divisiveness. So you know, you give, me, give me an example of
1: such, I'm thinking like Larry Elder in my head. There you go is
0: okay you know these people only have a platform because they pander to a particular audience there's nothing pro-black in any of their rhetoric right many of them don't even date black (laughs) so you sometimes you question them do you even like black people (laughs) right um and especially when we're talking about like brianna taylor some of the most prominent black names in black conservatives have not mentioned her name When it comes to George Floyd, they did their best to pull up his previous uh, arrest record and conviction record, right?
1: For the record, his arrest record, his past was terrible, but it also has no bearing on what happened and what the problem was as to why it happened.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I don't like that your friend tried to categorize me, but I see her concern, right? You know, these black conservatives are sometimes worse than the the white conservatives Um, and they have a lucrative job. They, you know, it's quite lucrative. You know? I'm, yeah,
1: I'm getting a little sick and tired of people that have so, all this money and platform just spewing virtue signal on their soapboxes. Do this, do that. S- live a day in my shoes. Shut your mouth. All right. And then, we'll, you know, and then we can have a conversation. But the biggest conversation I think that really needs to be had is, is, the pub- is, is just education. I really think it is. I mean, there's, I think in New York City has a 43% literacy rate and a 45% math proficiency rate that's abysmal below the 50% mark okay and that's across the board the fact that there is no school choice okay that you're confined to going to attending school within your own district that i mean that is so that is in direct contravention to the whole melting pot mentality of new york of being able to go anywhere and do anything except when it comes to getting an education but I mean, you've got children. You know, I watched my my four year old nephew. He was, you know, doing these Zoom classes. I know a lot of teachers, they were trying to figure that out. But I mean, and forget about the, the lack of understanding of how to use the technology. That's where the money should go. Okay. It should be to educate educators. All right. Because that's what we saw with the common core, was that they said, here's a new way of adding two and two into four, like we've done for thousands of years. Just go out and give it a shot. And that's why it didn't it didn't take um but what they're doing now it's not education it seems more like indoctrination so to speak you can't you have to allow children to be critical thinkers to arrive at their own decisions okay to expand their minds to explore new venues implement technology in a classroom read gulliver's travel and when he's on the next stop at one of his adventures you pull up google earth street view and you maybe pan around to see what he sees. And now that way, a kid will go home, get onto his computer or his his technology device, whether it's YouTube, and he now understands that there's more that can be done with his device. It's little things like that that are very important. And we have the money to put the technology in the schools. It's all about whether or not we actually wanna do that. Do we want to educate our children to be smarter, free-thinking, grown adults? And if you look at the numbers in the STEM fields, I mean, that's all, that's all the employment market is science, technology, engineering, and math. And there are next to no STEM programs in public schools that are available.
0: Are you familiar with the, um, the bill that Trump just passed about the visas, H1B visas or something like that?
1: I think that's when he suspended, um, education visas for 600,000 immigrants that were going to be here for school visas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell me what you think about that, but I personally I like it. You know the tech school visas or no? I believe it's for work, it's work. visas. It's working visas. Work yes, visas. No, I'm very in
1: favor of that because we have 40 million unemployed Americans.
0: Yeah, and the, the Silicon Valley, the tech world is saying, oh, but you know they have all these uh, immigrants that are coming over with this tech background, and they're gonna have a hard time earning. And I'm just like, well, following yeah. the rules of, well. People are coming over from India and Russia. Let's just be honest, <laughs> they're coming from India. <laughs> coming, they come here to get educations, we teach them and then they leave. Right, some of them are coming already educated too, but yes, yeah. they're getting on the job training, yeah. Um, and they're coming over, they're making great money, they're sending the money back home, right? Outside of the US. But I the, the, I think that the technocrats make a good point and say, hey, there's not a lot of people here with technical background. And I'm like, okay, let's say that's true. I, I agree that probably that does not exist. But that's the whole point of basic economics, is because now you have to fill that void of educating the current forty million, you know, unemployed Americans, right? Yeah. So, so now it's up to the technocrats to figure out how can they educate people, how can they start going into communities and setting up workshops so that you can hire from within, if they want to. So,
1: <laughs> fact of the matter is, is that if you look at it, you know, and it's hard to think outside of New York, um, you know, because of what's been going on here but the public school education system like i said is a disaster it is and if you ask the teachers they feel the same way it takes 22 years for a teacher to be eligible to receive top pay can you imagine going to the same job for 22 years okay when a student gets an a he's a genius but when he fails it's the teacher's fault like that's that's like the sports mentality of of players win coaches lose so that's exhausting Okay, and now we have uh, you know landlords that you know weren't allowed to demand that tenants pay rent. They're going to default on mortgages. They may lose their buildings. Government will pick it up at foreclosure, and that's that's a wrap on on that industry. But now I genuinely believe that they want to really make this virtual learning a permanent fixture of education over the next five to ten years. They don't want kids in school anymore. Let's be honest. Okay, and to be it. it it's too much property, too many expenses, too many headaches. It's a lot easier to teach children virtually. I agree, but the problem is, how do you monitor that education? You know, um, and it's 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 all about willing to educate them. And I just genuinely don't think that people want to. People don't want to do the work anymore. People just want things handed to them. Nobody understands the whole premise of you know you eat what you kill. And as an entrepreneur. You know, I learned early on that you eat what you kill. And I'm so sorry for anybody that finds that old idiom to be an aggressive, you know, um, angry type of statement of of, of crime or violence. But you eat what you kill in this world. If you're not a lion, you're a sheep. And that's the bottom line. You will get scooped up and eaten alive. Okay. Because this world owes you nothing. You have to fight for everything that you have. And once you get it, you got to fight even more to make sure no one takes it from you because that's the first thing they're going to try and do. And if you don't have that mentality, I don't care if you're in Omaha, Nebraska, or, or, or Queens, New York, if you don't understand that real universal truth, you know, you're never going to get to the next level. You're mm-hmm. always going to be satisfied and complacent with what you have. And that may be good for some people. But for me, I mean, I'm never, I'm, I can't be satisfied with what I have. I think complacency is, is just a slow death.
0: Hell yeah, Cash is Cam Dane. Thanks for the super chat. He said liberals exploit the plight of minorities while creating the policy that perpetuates inequality. Ooh, that's poetry right there. Conservatives, the most truthful thing I've heard, you know, in a very long time. He said he continues and says conservatives just blame without offering solutions. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know they say oh black <inaudible> on black crime. It's like it's like all right, yeah, it's black on black crime. You are going to donate to some, you know, some of these projects. Ken Thoreau, thank you Ken. Welcome back my brother. He said another interesting conversation take my money. <laughs> Inside <laughs> of the ages, 2 dollar super chat he says didn't lots of Epstein stuff happen in NYC? What do you know about that, Peter? Is that true? Some Epstein-type stuff?
1: I mean, to the point where I'm afraid if I talk about it, I'll let, I'll get Epstein. But, um, you know, I think that any particular acts... I didn't watch the documentary. Um, but I know that he, he died in the Manhattan um, Correctional Facility. Uh, and the whole... I mean, the whole circumstances of his death were very Clinton-esque. But uh, to say the least, I mean, I, I don't know anymore. It, it's, it's, if you watch House of Cards, uh, the show on Netflix, it's, it's a real, I think, an inside truthful look into politics and how, how it, deals get done and bills get passed. It's a pretty corrupt place. It's pretty dirty, um, but I mean, to, to address the one person that said the conservatives, you know, they point the finger, they point the blame, they complain, they don't offer solutions. I I think that happens to definitely be true, but how can you actually create a solution when one side says, we're always a victim, the other side says, well, there's always a reason why, and there's nobody to say, let's sit down and talk about solutions. Why are you a victim? Why are these alternative excuses? How about we identify a problem, okay, and instead of putting a Band-Aid on it every couple of years when it becomes relevant, ironically, every four years, okay, Let's patch the goddamn thing up so that way it doesn't sprout a leak again. The fact that Black Lives Matter has to be a movement 2.0 is a problem. Voices weren't heard the first time because it fizzled out. 9-11, for example, never forget, right? That was the slogan, never forget. December, I think everybody pretty much moved on from reality of what had happened that day. And that's that's just what happens, you know?
0: People got short Uh, memories.
1: People got short memories, you know, and and, um, a lot of people were lost. A lot of people lost every single day in this country. It's, I mean, what I would do to have a news cycle that didn't make half of America reach for a pill bottle. I mean, forget about it. (laughs) It's all anxiety driven, fear. This whole COVID thing is just, I mean, don't even get me started on that. But. The fact is, is that there are racial divides, there are economic divides, but I think that's the biggest one, is that I don't think this is a whole race war. I think this is a class war. It's an issue of, you know, uh, people have more opportunity, people have more money, people, education, the elite 1%, whatever it is, just get over it already. Those people have so much money. We're never gonna get anywhere close to it. They have billions and they control the world or the world that they like to create. Forget them, put it out of your mind. Think about you, think about your family, think about the next step five years from now. You know, have goals. I mean, George Carlin said it, the upper upper class is there to motivate and inspire the middle class. The lower class is there to scare the shit out of the middle class, okay? So without a class system, there's no real, Balance. You're never going to get rid of the class system, but there's no reason why people can't move up and down. I mean, that's what capitalism is. That's what free market is. You know, if you work hard, if you succeed, great. If you fail, that's even better. People need to start looking at the L's as being a lesson, not just a loss, mm. right? Because first got to learn and then you drop the L and you earn. You know what I mean? So... And every loss, you have to look at it from an angle where it's it's an opportunity in disguise.
0: Yeah. Uh, what's the demographics of your district? Are you familiar?
1: Predominantly white and Hispanic, I, think, I believe, at least white. Yeah.
0: White and Hispanic. Okay. Cool. So let's talk blockchain, right? You you mentioned that you wanted to use blockchain to, I think you said, keep the government honest with tax spending.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's just one of the great ways that we can actually. Um, find out where you know for example if there was a mayor who had a wife that was given 900 million dollars and couldn't find it and it's sits hypothetical like that um you know that would work out pretty well but to, to to turn a blind eye to the fact that bitcoin and blockchain are going to become a very important we're going to play a very fundamental role moving forward is just obtuse and narrow-minded there's how many reasons do you want as to why the cash system is going to end up being not as relevant as before now we have another reason with people that don't want to touch dirty dollar bills it's it's psychotic but i get it and it makes sense okay but i mean imagine being able to pay your 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 taxes in bitcoin okay and we all know that hash hash um, codes are generated transaction ids are generated and you can pretty much follow the rabbit you don't really necessarily know whose wallet it's going into or who the end recipient is, but you follow patterns, people can figure it out. And you know what, if it rises to a level that's sufficient, that's probable cause you can get a warrant. That's how, and that's why Bitcoin is pseudo anonymous, not fully anonymous, because there are ways and means of actually getting a warrant, issuing a subpoena if it's on chain with a certain, you know, uh, whether it's Coinbase or, or Binance, anything like that, and you get the records. Imagine paying your, pro- your taxes in Bitcoin and just following where that $12,000 is going and it's just bouncing around and bouncing around. Is it going to your roads, your schools, your infrastructure, all these programs and incentives that they're telling you that it goes to? Bullshit. It's not. There's no way that it could. If it could, the Gowanus Expressway and the Belt Parkway would have been finished 10 years ago. <laughs> all right i'm just tired and i know politics and politicians always lie i get that but if you're gonna lie be a little bit more transparent about it <laughs> there's nothing we can do there's nothing we can do as citizens we have zero power and the whole purpose of government is to serve you know citizens that it's supposed to protect yeah but it's, it's a sleight of hand trick we're protecting you protecting you protecting you and then we're just cha-ching cha-ching You know and it's all about control and i've always said you know conservatives stay out of people's bedrooms and liberals stay out of people's wallets and if we can just kind of adopt that type of a mentality maybe things wouldn't be as broken as they are fixable but they're still a little bit broken
0: what would you, where would you put the tax dollars Did you know, taxes are coming in and well, well, first, how do you feel about tax? Do you think we need to take taxes or who, or who do we take taxes? I, from? I
1: think we're so far down the line with taxes and, and being used to it, feeding into certain budgets and infrastructures. But I mean, it's, it's government theft to be a left less, less dramatic way of saying it, um, capital gains taxes too, you know, so I'm going to break my ass. All right. Um, and then I'm going to get hit at the state and federal level. State tax is ridiculous, okay? Especially since, I mean, New York, what is it? It's Catholic, 37.5. If you make, If you are stupid enough to be successful in New York City, okay, if you are crazy enough to become a millionaire in New York City, you get hit over the head, forget about it with taxes. So the fact that it's basically becoming the financial, the fintech hub of America now, and people don't realize it for some reason, it's really moving away from Silicon Valley. Um, it's a fight between Wyoming and New York. Um, it, it's People are just leaving New York City. I don't blame them. There's a mass exodus, like 1.8 million over the last 10 years um, in, a, in a city of, of, of eight to 10 million. But you look at Florida. Florida's got no personal income tax. Wyoming has zero corporate income tax at the state level. Why? Where does it go? Manhattan's bank, New York City's bankrupt. They want a bailout. I hope we don't get it. We shouldn't, I mean, the, the, the only way that we would be able to get a bailout, okay, is that other taxpayer dollars from all 49 other states would be going towards money that helps a city that ran its own self into the ground six years ago. But also we have a president in an office who's a smart businessman, whether you love him or hate him, orange man bad, orange man good, okay? He's a savage businessman. So he is not giving you a grant or a loan. I mean, he's going to make it interest bearing and he's going to make sure he gets it back. And the only way to do that, OK, is for New York to increase the taxes on New Yorkers. Mm. OK, so, yeah, bail us out at our own expense. OK, and it's not fair to the rest of the country. And it's, and it's basically, you know, rewarding a petulant child who broke a lamp and then lied about it.
0: Hmm. So what are you what are you gonna do when you get in office? Uh, you know, are um, you looking at taxes? Are you gonna look at, you know, spending the money better or or something else completely different?
1: There are a lot of uh, you know, colleagues of mine will say that are running for office uh, that are very well versed in in taxes and and you know, fiscal economics. For example, a uh, candidate for, for senator is a gentleman by the name of Tom Sullivan, very conservative emotionally and mentally as a person. Very He's the complete opposite of me. He's very reserved and quiet, but he's brilliant and he's good with numbers. Um, he's a man I believe that will address the tax issues. Um, but the the bottom line is, you know, getting in there, it's people we'll always say, "Well, you don't understand how it works." Tell me. I pay your salary as a taxpayer. Tell me how it works. Okay. I love learning new things. Explain for me why you've completely failed at all the things that are supposed to be going right that are not, okay? The New York State Assembly, the lawmakers, the preliminary lawmakers at least, they have 150 members. Democratic Party has a super majority. That's actually a freaking terrifying phrase, super majority, right? So they pretty much control whatever gets introduced and when they want something to get passed, half of them need to show up and vote. Mm. Uh, so once the balance of the scales becomes a little bit more, oh, I don't know, resemblance of a dem- of a democracy, okay, maybe things will start changing. But until they do and if they do, it, you know, when I get in, um, like I said, transparency is the most important thing last year if i had read the bail elimination act the first thing i'm doing is that i'm putting it on my website okay i'm sending out letters i'm I'm doing a youtube video i'm making it viral or give my my community an opportunity to know what's going on many of them may say listen i think that's a good idea many of them may say absolutely not the fact is, is that many of them may say by just pushing something through you are ripping the opportunity away from the people you're supposed to be protecting with a bill that you believe is in their best interest.
0: Mm.
1: So however you vote, vote for the people you represent, the people that put you there, people that pay your salary. You're a government public servant. Don't get it twisted, don't let it go to your head. You are not that important. And I'm okay if I get elected, I'm okay with not being the most relevant politician. I'm a private person, keep me off of the camera. But keep me in the loop, right? Mm-hmm. So people need to know what's going on. And that doesn't happen anywhere mm-hmm. in government, in, in, in New York City especially.
0: Yeah, you know, I think about like if I was to be, you know, president of the United States with something i passed, pass, I would probably pass an executive order that said halt all bill creation, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> like don't write pending, Huh? And fix the shit that's currently pending. Right, right, but then the other thing I would say is I don't want to see a bill anything longer than two to four pages. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I to sneak things in there. I mean,
1: or only amendments, you know. But I'll send you a link to it. In New York, um, there is a website called Legiscan, and basically, you click on the bill, and it redlines the changes that are made to current laws. Like it'll it'll do a red strike through, and then in green, it'll show you what's being put in. Okay. But it's still 40 pages. Yeah. And I'm an attorney reading this, and it's like Shakespearean poetry. It doesn't make any sense. Obviously. Yes. Yes. Break it down so that a human being with the education that New York City is providing our children can actually read. Yeah. Right. So, um, but to go to your point as to, if, I mean, it's a ridiculous hypothetical of president, whatever it is, um, I would, first thing I would do, executive order, is I would make it absolutely illegal to burn the American flag on July 4th. One day, give me one day, okay, where the flag can stand for something. The next day, free speech, you know, what is it, uh, Jackson versus United States, okay, First Amendment, right to speech, that's fine, I get it, okay. Issue the executive order, let people beat themselves in the head until they go crazy. But, I mean, that's a gesture for people that died for the flag, that know what it means, Um, I don't think it's a symbol of hate or racism personally. That's just my opinion. You know, I have right here a flag. It's for the uh, firefighters of New York. Okay. It's the red, the red stripe one. And I've been going around, if you're on my Instagram, I've donated thousands of masks to the FDNY. Um, And lately I've been going around with the flag and I'm having all of them autograph it. You know, because I think that these men are absolute heroes. Fuck Madonna and Justin Timberlake and all these people virtue signaling and you know we're the problem. We take responsibility. Bullshit, man. These guys, these men and women, they run into burning buildings. They they don't even have a job description. Bet you didn't know that. Wow. FDNY doesn't have a contract with New York, so if it's a gas leak, a toxic spill, a fire, or even a bloody nose, they respond. You know, and they get no attention. They get no controversy. You know why? Because they do their fucking job. Excuse my language. They do their job. They're humble, okay, and they're all class acts across the board,
0: mm.
1: okay. But when you do your job and you do it without controversy, or you still protect the city, but there's not a sexy headline, you become one of the forgotten. You know, and that's what I'm about. You ne- first of all, you're never gonna forget me, okay. Number one, because I will cause berserk chaos with just exposing the bullshit. I don't care, right, left. If it's not good for my district or my community, no way, doesn't matter. But they're gonna have the final say. All right, but teachers, firemen, law enforcement, okay, sanitation. So,
0: so, so, so the, the firefighters aren't getting, they're just due or they're not appreciated in New York? Or- well,
1: definitely not appreciated, number one okay but number two um they're pretty much they're kind of short staffed so there's you know there's ladder companies and engine companies and the engines are the ones that drive the rig so there used to be a fifth man okay that would be on the rig all right to help out and to do the job efficiently they cut that 30 years ago i think when ed koch was in office
0: Hmm.
1: and it was introduced about three years ago um by maybe donovan rich i forgot who it was Either way, it was to put a fifth man on all 198 engines. It it boosts morale, it increases efficiency, it puts the fires out faster, and it pretty much gives them what they need. But they also got screwed over with their pensions. um, And they don't have a job description. Can you imagine that? Going to work and not knowing if you're going to need riot gear, if you're going to need a a hazmat suit, if you're going to have to administer Narcan put out a fire. I mean you want to talk about defund the police. How about allocating funding to just create new entities or new, you know, public service divisions that address everything that the FDMY has to do? Emergency mm-hmm. drug response. Or, you know, I think it's great what President Trump did where he made it a mandate that you have to allocate a certain portion of the police department to respond properly to people with mental health issues. Because trained police officers some of them don't know how to respond. There was an issue in Far Rockaway, okay, a couple of days ago, where a guy with bipolar disorder was on the beach, and he was just not having a good day. And um, body cam footage was released by the uh, NYPD a few hours later, because there were obviously there were protests and things of that nature, because you know the gentleman was black and, and uh, in Rockaway, and you watch the body cam footage, and they're talking to the guy the whole time they just talking to him. And it wasn't until he picked up like a two by four and got aggressive and a, possibly a threat where they, they had to cuff him. But after they cuffed him, they sat him down. They talked to him. They waited for people and EMS to come. They admitted him to the hospital for psych eval. It was pretty by the book, but you can get all of that out of the way. You can nip that in the bud if you have to allocate you know, money into certain areas. But getting rid of law enforcement in New York, Getting rid of the 600 plainclothes cops who were there to take guns and drugs off the street. Hotep, I don't know if you know, but do you know which communities are going to be negatively impacted the most? That could be mine. Yeah. You know which communities? Exactly. Yeah. Right? So that's not how you fix a problem.
0: Mm.
1: All right. And that's all on our mayor, you know, Billy D. (laughs) Billy (laughs) D. Billy D. And it's amazing. Fun fact, state of New York is one of the only states that does not have um, a legislative path for voters to recall a public official. Mm. you imagine that? We elected you. Oh, shit. Bad bad call. Let's get them back out. Nope. The bill was introduced in 2012 and it's been sitting there ever since. Yeah.
0: That's I crazy. think uh, Din Giuliani put that bill in
1: uh i don't think rudy was in there in 2012. uh it was a state senator i believe that introduced it i have to look it up
0: who was the dude that uh changed the law so he could get more terms and then changed it back so nobody else could do that again that sounds like a cuomo thing but cuomo might have been cuomo well cuomo i remember i was driving home
1: from a rangers game it was a little bit after um maybe the first COVID case or something and I'm reading a a bill that was passed by Cuomo or by the Senate rather that expanded Cuomo's powers Mm -hmm. as the government in the state of emergency. And I'm reading it, I'm like, what kind of totalitarian shit is this? Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, all right, a state of emergency, when are we gonna have another Hurricane Sandy and yada, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden it's quarantine It's, you know, don't go outside because the plague is coming. And listen, nobody knew what this thing was, nobody. Trump didn't make it any better by getting on stage and taking the microphone away from the doctors. But the fact is, is that I think people would have been a lot better off if if leaders came out and said, look, we don't know. You know what I'm saying? This is a very strange thing. So just be careful, Um, you know, for lack of better terminology, but, I mean, what they did to small businesses in this city, I'm all about small business. Entrepreneurs, sole proprietors, sole. Imagine that sole proprietor. Like, you're alone. You're yeah. doing this shit. You know, you're investing in yourself. Yeah. The fact that they didn't give people just the right to work. And it's ironic because New York is a right to work state with all the unions. So, month and a half, two months ago, they should have opened up at least small businesses. If you don't want to go and shop, stay home. Mm. But for the people that want to work and open their businesses, I think it was a great idea when when Cuomo issued an executive order that said that store owners are responsible if people don't wear masks in certain circumstances. So every store owner could have opened and said, "You cannot. I'm denying you service into my private establishment if you don't wear a mask because it's a risk and it's a danger to other people business owners are very heavily invested in the survival rate of their you know customers because they want them coming back right so but when you prevent business owners from doing business you cripple the economy there was a fireman it was one one news report it was disgusting only one news report reported it he he retired he did 13 years his dream was to open up a restaurant so he did in tribeca and then when the looting and rioting happening, they destroyed his store, destroyed his restaurant. Insurance is not covering damages caused by looting. It's not in the force majeure you know, provision for coverage. Um, so now he has to decide between filing for personal bankruptcy or pursuing his dream still. So I, I got in contact with him, I called him, I said, listen, What's the magic number? I'll start a GoFundMe. I'll spread the word. All the firemen, people, good. There are so many good people in this city and in this country that want to do the right thing. A lot of them do it anonymously, too. It's pretty humbling. Um, but, if you know, I told him, I said, listen, we will get you the money. Could Pursue your dream. Don't let it, a senseless riot destroy it. And he says to me, you know, I've been walking around the, the area. Nobody's coming back to Tribeca it's like a war zone, it's destruction, nobody's gonna patronize these places. Um, and even if he was to reopen, he didn't. He, he would be looking over his shoulder, when's the next attack gonna happen? So he says, do me a favor, he's like, put a pin in it, the next time somebody needs help, another fireman, an officer, a public servant, somebody, when they're in, in, they're in need of help, then you do a fundraiser, help that person. And that was this morning. And for me, I was so taken back by that, that somebody could be so humble when they're at their absolute worst. Like they they made it, they had their American dream there after serving and protecting in the, the fire department, only to have it ripped away. And then say, you know what, I did it once, I, I can build it again. That is the message that should be preached. Mm. You know, yeah. If you feel, like a man or a woman, they're not. You're not. Defined by how many times you fall down. It's about the times you get up. Right. You know what I'm saying? And government should be there to help lift you up. Not to crush you with licenses and permits and revenue streams and get capital gains. No. We're supposed to stimulate the economy, not control
0: it. Mm, mm, Real talk. Shout out to Sketch Therapy Holding Me Down, moderating in the chat. Shout out to Hotep Dutch. Uh, the name of that guy was Bloomberg. It was Bloomberg who had three oh, terms. Big Mike. Yeah, he had three terms. He changed the law so he can get that. I think third term, and then before he left office, he rolled it back.
1: well <laughs> move, right there. I'll tell you that. But I mean, look, Giuliani cleaned up Manhattan. Bloomberg made the economy through the roof. De Blasio, in in record style, said, "Well, Giuliani cleaned up the crime. Bloomberg." increase the economy. I'm just gonna ruin all of that. And how do you like me now?
0: Mm. Mm. I don't
1: know one person that supports that man. And I think it really is drawing attention to the significance of local elections. Um, You know, I'll be honest, when I decided I wanted to run January, I said, where can I run? What can I do? What's the position? I said, assemblyman, what the fuck does a state assemblyman do? All right, (laughs) nobody knows. Nobody knows. And that's the problem. That's who you're supposed to go to to say, listen, there's been a lot of fireworks going on. Can you help maybe introduce a law or your council members or your senators? It's not all about POTUS. It's not. This year you're going to see a ballot up election. People are going to start local and say, well, my taxes suck. Well, my mayor's an idiot. All right. Well, my governor's crazy. He's got too many nipple rings, this, that, the other, who knows what it's going to be. And then people know who they're going to vote for for president already. I mean, whether it's Biden or Trump or Trump or not Trump, it doesn't matter. What happens at the federal level is so trivial in Manhattan, specifically at least in New York City. I mean, it it really is. Um, The federal government is there for the big, big picture stuff. You know, that's why each state has its own constitution. And the one that we currently have in place is insufficient.
0: Mm, mm real talk, real talk. Um, what is it that you want people to uh, take away from today's conversation as they head to the polls to decide between you and the incumbent?
1: Ask questions, hold accountability. Whether it be, uh, you know, um, candidates that are running Ask them, well, why are you going to make it better? What are you going to do? Ones that are currently in office is, what have you done? Justify yourself. I am. I'm, you know, listen, when it comes time for either debates or anything like that, I'm ready to go. Give me a reason, okay? Because there needs to be accountability. There really does. Um, whether it be the crime rates, whether it be just a nonsensical bill passing. I mean, my opponent introduced the bill to lower the voting age from 18 down to 16, but to raise the gambling age from 18 up to 21. Mm. Well, which one is it? You're too dumb to know what to do with your own money, but you're smart enough to be able to vote. Mm.
0: Mm.
1: This type of hypocritical bullshit that I'm tired of and people are tired of it too. It doesn't make sense, but they only don't know about it until it gets done already. So what people need to know about me is that I'm no bullshit. Bottom line, I'm a younger, I'm a young guy, young generation guy. I want you to be able to look at me and feel like you're looking in the mirror. Okay? Entrepreneur, self-made. Taxes suck. It does. You got to make your own life. Nobody gives it to you. All right? I had the same struggles economically as most people. All right? My mother's going to kill me for saying this, but you know, when my father died, we had a lot of trials and tribulations, foreclosure, debts, you know, A lot of people are affected by a lot of different things, but you you can still overcome it. I'm not a politician at all. Okay, I'm an attorney, which is not really much better in the eye of the public. Okay, but at least I'm honest and I'm transparent. You know what I mean? And that's what it's about. You have questions, ask them. You have concerns, address them but I think people need to hold everyone accountable. And stop also, stop with the the, the shaming and the canceling from stuff that happened 20 years ago, people, just as a public PSA. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel did his thing with Snoop Dogg, 1996, a rap or whatever it was, and he was dropping N-bombs on it or something like, maybe it was appropriate for the time. Also, I don't have a, you know, my hat's not in that ring. I can't stand the guy but you can't hold him accountable for something that he did in 96. I mean, come on everybody, enough Mm -hmm. with the cancel culture. Let's make our own real culture. And it should be, you know, respect thy neighbor, be colorblind for fuck's sake, it's 2020, Mm. okay? Every community should be looked upon with the same eyes and it's that of respect and opportunity. And, you know, just stop following orders from what you're told, think outside the box. We're innovative, we're young, we're smart, okay? You host an incredible podcast. That prank you pulled in Starbucks, dude. <laughs> it's it's just it's, it's embarrassing to see that there are people who just haven't learned how to think for themselves. Yeah. You know, it's your life. Live it for yourself. Bottom
0: mm. line. Yeah. In regards to the fireworks. The homies, I can't say no names, but the homies are saying those are government issue fireworks.
1: Oh, if you want to crawl down that rabbit hole, you know, first of all, they're banned in New York, so you have to go out of state to get them. So I was just in Pennsylvania uh, with a client, and there's like fireworks emporium all of a the highway, you know, so they're very easily available. In order for them to be disseminated and distributed in New York from government officials. <laughs> i'm not surprised <laughs> um I, I don't and then there's also theories that it's antifa and they're all doing like how about the fact that we that everybody knows that the police are stretched pretty thin and ever since Giuliani I think made it illegal to light fireworks when he was coming out of office he said no to fun whatever you want to call it um i think it's just rambunctious kids that are sick and tired of sitting in the house they're shooting off fireworks at 2 3 a.m yeah it sucks But you know what? It's better than gunshots all right so stop being a karen adapt to it all right and if it's the government it's the least corrupt thing that i've heard them do this year
0: yeah 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 a lot of people like oh my god these kids and then i you know i talked to the homies in the hood they said well you know we got them from the police right (laughs) i mean look
1: back in the day they used to confiscate um fireworks and what would happen with them afterwards i'm pretty sure that they would either light them off with their family or things like that or just throw them out but um yeah. you know what I don't care in a sense of like don't get hurt if you're lighting them try to do it before 1 a.m because be respectful of other people but just be safe be careful yeah. it's against the law so I'm not you know you know uh, condoning anarchy or anything like that but at the end of the day stop complaining about it I mean it's look at the big issues here we just talked yeah. about all of them for about an hour and a half yeah Lighting mm-hmm. up the sky with, 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 with gunpowder candles is not one that should be on the top of the ballot.
0: Yeah. So you're a criminal defense attorney.
1: Well, I I'm was. Sure. I was. I'm more of a, a, a FinTech blockchain contracts attorney.
0: Okay, cool. So I'm sure you've seen a lot of corruption while you were a, a, a criminal attorney. Um, are there any cases that you can, you know, tell stories about? Is there any stories that come to mind where you've seen some just crooked stuff you're like damn, like, I see how black people end up in jail, like, you know, either wrongfully accused, or just um, maybe, you know, a a failure of the courts, or?
1: Um, well, I can tell you right now, I think the percentage may be like seven or 8% of cases go to trial. Everything gets put down, everybody takes a plea. All right, because it's a stat, it's a guaranteed conviction, people get less time, less court resources for trials and uh, less of an opportunity that there's actual real justice by being judged by a jury of your peers because we can't have that, right? So um, a lot of what I was doing was in the narcotics, um, you know, portion of it, but it wasn't really street drugs. It was more so street pharmacy. So it was around the time of when the opioid, you, first of all, you want to talk about a real pandemic and epidemic. It's the opioid crisis in this fucking country the Mm -hmm. purdue pharma and and the oxycontin i mean it's ruining people's lives it really is um so nassau county had just announced a um opioid task force and i had a case in nassau criminal court repeat offender um possession with intent to distribute you know just their own prescriptions whatever it may be um It was extended, extended, extended. We had all the evidence that there were prescriptions and there was no intent to distribute. And the only real way to prove it was I had to get my client's consent to take a drug test and at the same time admit not only to the court and to me, but to herself that, you know, she had a problem. So, you know, in a sense, there was, you know, no conviction, no crime, so to speak because of, call them loopholes or just justice. Um, at the same time, it we introduced evidence that proved not only was this my client's prescription medication, but we can prove that there was no intent to sell them because she was literally taking them all, you know, they were taking them for themselves. Um, so that's kind of a silver lining to a real problem, but it's just one of those catch-22s that happened. But yeah, I mean, people that get picked up for drug offenses, if it's their first time, they piss dirty and they go into programs and programs used to work. People that go into programs voluntarily, like AA, one of my best friends went through AA and I went to a few meetings with them. And um, they say, you know, the, the program only works if you work it yourself. You know, you have to work the program, you have to want to be there. But when you give people get out of jail free cards because of technicalities, or leniency or, or whatever it may be, they don't have an incentive to get clean. They just they brush them off. It's really all it is. It's it's pretty gross. Um, and that's the system that's – I don't want to say the court. I don't want to say the DA. I just think it's the human condition, the way that, that it's been lately. And, I mean, I haven't personally experienced any type of, um, uh, you know, Inclination towards one particular race over the other. Um, but I've heard stories um, planted, planted bags, you know, uh, just shit like just kicking something over into a scope of view of a warrant to make sure it gets in. Necessary evils, maybe sometimes just pure evil. Um, so I understand people's outrage. I definitely do. But I think that we need to also understand that. The system may not be working the way that it should at its best, but what's your alternative? You mm. can't just deconstruct a system of law and order without supplementing a proven you know, alternative.
0: Mm.
1: Defund the police is the craziest idea I could ever think of, okay? And I think people are trying to skate on the issue of no defund the police just means you know training more or taking this and take that oh, bullshit. no what you want to do is that you want to make police in a position where they are either less lethal or less of a threat to would-be criminals to innocent whatever it may be are there bad cops yeah i had a client that was basically that had um you know corroborating evidence from a cop where I mean I looked at it and I'm like fucking dates aren't even the same man like come on you know so some of them just do it for the numbers but it's way higher up man than than the than the, the guys on the street walking the beat yeah. it's it's the people that are up for election the people that want need numbers in their in their precincts it's not the cops on the street man that's
0: how that's how I feel about Shard, right like I don't want to pass judgment says people or you know racial profiling or, or or murdering him because he was black I don't want to do that right cuz I have no proof of that but what I do want to say is that there's definitely a flaw in the legislation on how cops deal with these stops, right? Because I think that you cannot handle a traffic stop with someone who's inebriated and a guy What's that?
1: By cuffing them, you mean the DUI cuff?
0: Um I don't know about the cuffing. I just think the protocol is flawed and I'm going to I'm going to explain how, right? Um this person was blasted he ran he blew a 108 right Ray Sharp blew a 108. he was black he was
1: was banged up yeah
0: yeah so i don't think you can handle him the same way you would somebody who's sober i don't think you could have the same expectations of how to go even less intoxicated even yeah for example right i'm gonna show you where the whole thing is flawed if somebody's inebriated the first thing you probably want to do as a good individual was can them some water as a cop if you think you might have to arrest somebody the first thing you might want to ask them to do is have a seat on the curb right if they would have asked the guy to have a seat on the curb first and then had to talk with him and said hey we're going to have to arrest you now he has to stand up in which case you have the ability to just push him back down as many times you right. the fact that well, they we were, we're talking to him when he was in the car sitting
1: right and then right. i think
0: they had him out and they did a
1: field sobriety test which they don't read footage of which is strange because he you know he was walking the line whatever it was that's all what i want to know is did they arrest him knowing that it was his either second or third dewey which would then make it a felony you know what i'm saying or were they just arresting him for drunk driving not knowing that yes this is an arrestable offense for a felony etc that's the question that i think people should be asking did it warrant him to even be handcuffed in the first place right um it doesn't justify anything that happened you know thereafter or or before i think it was an absolute disaster on all ends it's another life gone too soon for sure um but again like you said it's the the approach it's the protocol it's the procedures it shouldn't be take 600 plainclothes cops off the street. It shouldn't be give them only rubber bullets or or little cute little batons, okay? Mm -hmm. It should be allocate, reallocate money for the police into new training programs to implement new oversight, maybe to put aside a fund that will suspend officers with pay if they fuck up. Mm -hmm. You can't just rip out the budget because Mm -hmm. first of all, where's it going? We already don't know okay but number two think about morale right yeah cops are handing in papers left and right i mean you have black cops showing up to scenes that are getting berated white cops the same um it's i think that they let it go for too long in seattle i mean i watch because i'm we're so far on the east coast from watching that and i'm looking at it and i'm like this this ends one way You know what I'm saying? I do find it funny that the first thing they did was build a wall, Um, you know, and CNN did the same thing. But, you know, then it started in DC and that's getting a little bit closer and that's even more brazen because it's in front of POTUS. Yeah. But I think the question that people need to ask is how are they able to do all this? How is it so well organized? I mean, these are like 18 to 20 year old anarchists that are screaming nonsensical things, you know, causing chaos. For me, in my opinion, I think what they did during the protesting, especially in New York City, was disgusting because they were behind the Black Lives Matter peaceful protesters and essentially used them as a decoy, okay, as the first line of defense of, you know, we're here, we have a message, we're being peaceful, stop killing black people. I that everybody was for that. It was what happened after the fact, when all of these, I'll call a spade a spade, all of these weird white kids who don't even know what they're doing or what they're there for causing chaos. And what they're doing is that they are ripping away the message that was just made earlier, okay? And now they're lumping the whole movement in with anarchy. It's not fair, it's not right. And when that happens, it falls on deaf ears. And that's just what's what's been happening. But who's funding it? Honestly, I mean, we all know it's George Soros. But at the end of the day, you're going to tell me that a black man in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Minneapolis, spell yeah. it. I dare you. Okay. I mean, what happened there was terrible and it was tragic and it never should happen anywhere. But you're going to tell me that all of these people were able to rally together in three days. I mean, come on, man. I mean, yeah. it's, it just just. People need to think more and talk more and have a conversation instead of just following like sheep. That's not how you solve problems. You solve problems by addressing an issue and then proposing a solution. But we, we can't have that because, you know, things would get fixed.
0: How are you? M-I-N-N-E-A-P-O-L-I-S for my educated people out there. <laughs> <laughs> wait now nah, i totally i totally get your point you know but you know it's just like you know when you have some you know two cops they got this drunk guy and they can't even arrest him i'm like i'm not even gonna blame them yet you know it's just like whoever wrote that protocol wasn't thinking you know if it was well, at me, the atlanta pd yeah and and that's the other problem i have too the
1: whole notion of systemic racism in that in a vacuum we'll look at it in atlanta
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay Systemic racism, obviously implying that it's the system as a in general that's working against a certain community or a certain, you know, whatever it is. In this situation, the systemic racism was that against you know black Americans. Mm-hmm. But how do you have that in place when in, in the city of Atlanta you have a black mayor, you have a black district attorney, and fifty-eight percent of the Atlanta Police Department is black. Right. That's pure majority, pure legislation, pure pure prosecution. That's black American. Yeah can't be system systemic and if it is that's even that's even scarier because yeah. it, it's against you know the people that are being you know uh, systemically you know uh, segregated or not segregated but unjust unjustly persecuted
0: yeah so
1: look is racism a real thing of course it is but just look outside look on tv the mere fact that white americans black americans you know trans people uh gay straight The fact that they can march next to each other shoulder by shoulder is sufficient enough to show that maybe just maybe the united states of america is not this putrid racist establishment that is pro-hate maybe the fact that people of different color, people of different sexual orientation are marching to support one another is proof that people want to inherently fix problems you know so there is racism absolutely but this is not how you fix it. It's mm. definitely not how you fix it.
0: Mm. Mm. Let's change gears real quick before we wrap up. Yep. You said you do what now with Bitcoin? I mean, with blockchain, right? So I'm a fintech attorney, and basically I help startups
1: um, that want to either you know launch a Dex or you know deploy a sec- uh, security token, um, write smart contract protocols with ERC twenty or, or just polymath, whatever it may be. But also I work with traditional businesses to onboard blockchain and implement it in their infrastructure, not just so they can be relevant and ahead of the game, but for efficiency, mm. whether it be manufacturing, um, distribution, internal protocols. Um, a blockchain is an amazing gift that was given to us and it, to we need to leverage it in the, the appropriate way. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody needs to put, banks need to put mortgages on the blockchain Title to property on the blockchain, because now that you know who owns the house, people wouldn't have lost all of it in 2008, mm. would, have, would have fixed a very big problem, mm. you know, mm-hmm. but blockchain technology is, it's 100% revolutionary, it's being used everywhere in the world, and it's not a matter of if, just when, um, Bitcoin I think is just a byproduct, I think it's its proof of, um, you know, it, it's not just a proof of value, but it's a proof of concept,
0: mm-hmm. you know what I
1: mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see.
0: Okay. I got a question. You know, uh, I'm, I'm working with a company, I'm um, uh, part co-founder in uh, Coinbit's app, started by uh, Maher and Youssef, the brothers, Janajri. And um, we're having some problems. Um, communist problems. <laughs> communist problems. Okay. So yeah, basically what's happening is you need yeah. certain licenses to operate, right? Um, license. Right now, one license that we need is the one to allow us to um, transfer Bitcoin from wallet to wallet. And what's that
1: money? Transmitter license.
0: Yeah. The money transmitter license. Exactly. Is that something you can help us out with? I think right now it's, uh, do you know how much that thing costs? I think it was like half a million they wanted or something like that. Are you Was that a quote that you got? Um, no, I don't quote me we you know I had this uh, conversation at least over a year ago so don't quote me First
1: of all any any attorney that says first of all any attorney that
0: says that they are a Bitcoin
1: lawyer or a blockchain lawyer is not a real I mean walk go away walk away okay because I'm not a blockchain lawyer and I'm not a, a Bitcoin lawyer. you know why you can't have a lawyer for a field of law that doesn't exist yet mm. you' can be a criminal lawyer, could be a real estate lawyer because there's real estate law and criminal law. Okay? Blockchain or fintech if you will is a homogenization of contract law predominantly, mostly securities law, could be commodities like the CFTC, taxes with the IRS, they don't even know how to define it. Yeah. You need you need uh, people that uh, one understand that and two are willing to not only just tell you what you want to hear. But mostly people that anticipate where it's going, like the old adage. Wayne Gretzky, greatest hockey player of all time. Why was he so great? Because he skated to where the puck was going, not to where the puck was. Mm. And unless you can think ahead and account for variable change um, in this industry, you're not gonna it, you're gonna get shut down. So you can look at money transmitter licenses, you know, state to state. You can get your bro- your be your broker dealer license, um, or you can start small go into a state like Wyoming that has very friendly securities laws when it comes to -to wallet-to-wallet money transmission, um, categorize it as a payment gateway even, rather than just transmitting custody of of digital assets. Montana is another state that doesn't even have securities laws there. Mm. Um, So it's definitely better to look at it microscopically, individual states. Um, They're cracking down obviously I mean, first thing I want to do is just re overhaul the bit license in New York. Cause that's a joke. Um,
0: what's but, yeah. what's. You said yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean the New York department of financial services has the, their bit license that requires, if you want to be, uh, you know, an exchange, uh, and do business in New York. I mean, I think it's the Winkle and Brian Armstrong. Pretty much it. Yeah. Bit Bittrex got raked over the coals two summers ago. Um, but it was written by someone who left the uh the department of financial services and went into a private law firm and guess what field he works in people getting big licenses i mean come on it's new york in a fucking nutshell man i mean come on you know
0: yeah yeah
1: it, it is what it is but no i mean give me a call or, or an email and we'll, we'll throw it around yeah
0: yeah i'm gonna set up a call we'll have you talk to our ceo and then um I think I think it will be a, a huge asset to help us figure this thing out because I want to be able to transfer because um, right now we we uh we're, we hold it in custody. We have a custodial license. All right. Uh, so, you know, I'd like to be able to cold,
1: cold storage like. Um... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We're 99 percent cold storage.
1: Yeah. Put it in a multi-sig, at least for now.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I'll have you talk to my CEO. We'll set something up, make something like that happen to see if you can help us out. Yeah, for sure. I, lo- I love to give people the ability to, um, you know, move, uh, you know, I love that we can hold it, you know, obviously that that helps us, you know, as far as our numbers, you know, and investors be able to see it, but I still yeah. want people to own the keys to their Bitcoin, you know, imagine that having value and then being able
1: to use it in this country, right?
0: <laughs>
1: so weird. Really, you have to look at the basic core principle of what financial banks are. They are debtors and we're the creditors. Yes, they owe us money. People mm-hmm. always forget that because when I deposit fifty bucks and they lend it out into a three hundred dollar loan, they are my debtor. We are their creditors, and that's yeah. why the whole thing collapsed in two thousand and eight. You know, but yeah, no, I'm definitely willing to help you. It's it's establishing economic autonomy, financial freedom. It's borderless. It's transparent, um, and I'm done with this argument that it's going to be used for nefarious purposes. What they did to Russ over was was disgusting. Giving his, Silk Road, giving him life, and I mean, whatever we can do to help. I, I spoke to his mother last year. You know, she's she's applying to commutate his sentence. I mean, it, it's that to me is what happens when you create something that lawmakers and powerful wealthy vehicles in this country that they don't understand.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They mm-hmm. shut you down. They shut you up okay and then they take your shit.
0: Mm, mm, mm. powerful powerful a lot of the things you're saying have me like drifting off like you just asked me a question before and i couldn't answer it because i'm thinking about something you said like two sentences before i I don't remember (laughs) what i asked
1: you if i'm being honest with you
0: you you said about the license you said you said guess what business he was in right and i'm like i I threw a blank because i wasn't even listening to you i was thinking about something you said prior but a lot of what you're saying has like these wheels turning in my head. So, um, you know, great chat today, where can people support you at? Um, Peter Um, I know it,
1: look, it, it's tough times. Um, I personally, my campaign thinks I'm crazy. I'm not actively out there saying I need money for my campaign. People need money to eat, put food on their table. Um, so I'm hoping the economy comes back. I'm self-funding most of it, but at the very least go to the website, read the literature, Um, As we say in crypto, D-Y-O-R, right? Do your own research, Uh, get involved, have conversations and, you know, and use your words instead of your fists. It it gets gets you nowhere and use your brains.
0: Awesome. I made it real easy for you guys to catch up with Peter. His uh, link is in the description box below. So if you guys want to connect with him, go and do so. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, I followed him back today. Uh, Great guys. We can see Peter. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, we'll definitely be be in contact to see how we can make something happen for Coinbitz app.
1: Absolutely, man, and definitely my Instagram. I'm more active on Instagram because Twitter is just chaos, but yeah.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Take it easy, bro.
1: All right, God bless, brother.